Hey there. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. One of the things that probably frightens me the most are the statistics around child abuse, and that's because... What we know is that when abuse occurs, it's more likely to be someone from within our own circle, someone that we know and trust. So how do we talk to our children about their own body safety, about how to keep themselves safe if we're not around? And how do we go about creating a safe network for our children, given, as I just mentioned, it's normally people we trust who do the abusing? Primary school teacher, mum of three, and author Janine Sanders has written a series of books that help explain personal body safety to our kids, as well as providing resources for parents who, like me, may feel overwhelmed by all of it. Janine joins us on the line now. Hi, Janine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure. So you've written several books about this topic. Mm-hmm. Why is this such a obvious passion for you? Well, um, I guess it began when I was a young woman. I was about 24. Um, and I was actually, um, had taken a break from teaching and I was editing some educational material. And I came across a book called Keeping Children Safe by Dr. Uh, Professor, sorry, Professor Frieda Briggs. And I thought, you know, if I have kids, I'm going to teach them this stuff. This is really great. This is empowering and will keep them safe. So when I did have my three daughters, um, I just naturally thought everybody taught their children body safety. But I soon found out I was wrong because I was on my children's school council and I asked if we could implement a body safety program in the school and people were very uncomfortable with the topic and it, it didn't really go anywhere. So, I mean, I am not a survivor myself. I, as, as you in the introduction, I'm a teacher and a mum and just a very concerned person about keeping, keeping children safe. So um, I went home from that meeting and I used my authoring skills to write my first book in this space called Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept. And um, I wrote it as a fable because I think we learn a lot from fairy tales and fables. And it's a timeless story. And, um, yeah, I decided that there was a way that we could teach children body safety without frightening them. It would be age appropriate. Um, And it's, you know, the teaching of body safety, the prevention education is actually really easy and it's really empowering for children. It is once the child has been sexually abused by often someone they know, as you said in the introduction, Siobhan, that it, the whole thing becomes incredibly complex. But prevention, I would like to say to all the parents, is actually really easy. So when it comes to prevention and you say that it's pretty straightforward, yeah. can you explain how we empower our kids to know what's appropriate and inappropriate mm-hmm. and also how to stand up to adults who often have 
more power in that dynamic. Mm, sure. Okay, well, the first thing we do is we start when our children are quite young and we call the genitals by the correct names. Now, there's a, reason, a number of reasons for that. Um, the first of them is that if they ever are touched inappropriately, they'll be able to tell you quite clearly where they've been touched and that also holds up in a court of law. If we use, um, you know, silly, silly sort of names, this won't um, hold any sway in a court of law. And the other thing is to name them, the genitals, what they are because there's no shame in that. These are parts of our body just like our nose or our hands and um, so I would start that way. And also begin with consent. So when we... Um, our children are young, we can say, look, I'm just about to change a nappy. Are you okay with that? Just general kind of consent in day-to-day life. And then as they get a little bit older, you know, more like two to three, you can start talking about body boundaries, that everybody has them, and you don't necessarily um, have to always um, hug or kiss people that you meet, that you have the right to, to make that decision whether you want to hug or kiss somebody. So they have the right to say, no, even to adults, if they don't feel like they would like that person to come into, inside their body boundary. Do you think and that's then, a, sorry mm, to interrupt, but with the okay. consent from a, another um, saying to them, you know, this, I don't want you to hug me if they ask for a hug or a kiss. Mm. Do you think that's actually something that parents struggle with? Because mm. I know that um, my little girl just is going through a phase where she doesn't like any man except for her dad. So <laughs> she doesn't like giving my my father a hug, which Mm. kind of breaks my heart. I don't make her do it, but I can see in other situations, parents might be like, oh, actually, I know he's safe. I know this is someone who loves and cares for you and it's Mm. hurting them that you're not hugging them. Do you think that parents are the ones in a way that have to be more on board than even the kids? Absolutely. Absolutely, because you've got to think about this in terms of not just the now. You've got to think about in terms of when they're a teenager and adult. And if you're saying, no, you have to do what I say and you need to give grandpa a hug, this just makes their voice doesn't matter. You're the adult, you're in power, and you're telling them they have to do this. You're not actually respecting their wishes, which is, I just don't want to hug someone right now. And look, it breaks my heart too. I have a daughter who is not a hugger. But, you know, there are so many other ways that we connect. So if your child chooses at the moment that they don't want to hug grandpa, then, you know, we have to be the adult in this situation and go, okay, that's your choice. Um, And, you know, a high fire or a handshake. It doesn't mean it's forever. It just means we are respecting their voice right now. And that's, that's a fine thing because... I mean, when your little girl turns into a teenager and the boy says, you know, I want to do this and that, and she has the right now, you know, the strength to say, well, no, actually, I don't want to do that. But if she's always been told that, hey, you've got to do what what the more powerful person says, it doesn't bode well as they become adults. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Janine Sanders. She's written a series of books about body safety for children, and we're just talking about that now and how we can help our children be empowered about their own body safety. And as Janine says, it can be as simple as supporting them when they don't want to hug or kiss someone. Um, Janine, I interrupted you there. You were about Mm. to say some more things about... Yes. Okay. So, uh, that, and that's fine. Interrupting me, that's fine. But, um, <laughs> moving beyond consent, because we don't want to get fixated on that. I mean, consent is obviously very important, as is body boundaries. But we also need to teach our children that, you know, nobody 
touches their private parts and we tell them what their private parts. Obviously, we use the correct names uh, without a, a trusted adult with them. So, for example, if they've gone to the doctors, they need to have um, what we call a safety network person with them. So we teach our children to name three to five adults that is they feel safe with and they trust. So um, if anything does happen where someone touches their private parts, um, they must tell that adult straight away. Now, they have a right to say, no, you can't touch my private parts. But, you know, we all know that that's quite difficult for a child. But the second part of the, um, of the rule is to tell a trusted adult on your safety network straight away. So from that very first inappropriate touch that brings on what we call their early warning signs, so we also teach them about their early warning signs, which, you know, we all have them, that sort of funny feeling in the tummy that something's not quite right and a little bit sweaty. They, if those early warning signs kick in, they need to tell the trusted adult straight away if they're touched inappropriately around their private parts or even, you know, um, they're tickled and, and it slips, you know, the hand slips down towards their private parts, they need to know, okay, this isn't right. My early warning signs have kicked in. I need to tell a trusted adult straight away. End of story. Just have to do it. So that's pretty simply what they need to do. Um, and it's very empowering because, um, you know, it even it, it even is is quite helpful in, in sort of bullying situations. So, for example, if a if a bully comes inside their body boundaries or pushes them, they know that that that's not right, and they can go and tell someone on their safety network straight away. So, yes, it's all about empowering them, which I mm. love. But I tell you, the thing that I struggle with the mm. most is this idea of the trusted adult because yes. I mean, apart from anything, my daughter's getting to an age where she's st starting to be invited over for mm -hmm. sleepovers. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I yep. see the parents occasionally at school. I like them all. But even, you know, just looking at the statistics, it seems like what the research is saying is that you can't know who might take advantage of your child. So how on earth as parents do we decide who those trusted adults are for our children, given the people we trust um, could very well be perpetrators. Absolutely, and and the believe me, they groom both the the child and the family. So they often appear to be very beautiful, perfectly fantastic people, but they're not. So what you need to do is you need to um, um, educate yourself about body safety. Firstly, know the stats and all that sort of thing. Then you actually need to impart this simple educational rules to children, the body safety rules. Um, even, like, we have a free poster called My Body Safety Rules and a free animation. So, But even downloading that free poster and putting it on the fridge says to anybody who comes into your home, well, my child is educated in body safety. Then you tell your friends, oh, my child is educated in body safety. Is yours? Oh, they're coming over for a sleepover. Did you know my child is educated in body safety? These are, and these are the rules that they know. So you let everybody know that your child is educated in body safety because believe me, no perpetrator is going to go, well, I don't think any perpetrator is going to go near to a child who is educated to tell. And who's, who's got the strength to prey on the vulnerable, don't they? Oh, yes. they've. Paid. Did you know the statistics 
of a single parent with um, a child, that child is 22 times more likely to be sexually abused. Wow. So they do. I mean, I would be very careful with who you invite into your home and very careful about Tinder because children will go, um, perpetrators will go where children are. And that's what they do. We know that from, you know, all what has come out with the Royal Commission. Um, So what we need to do is we need to provide our children with age-appropriate body safety education, empower them through this knowledge so they know from that very first inappropriate touch to tell. And so many survivors who are on... um, my Facebook page, which is called Some Secret Should Never Be Kept, um, say to me, if only they had known from that first touch it was wrong, their lives would be so different. Because believe me, the perpetrator is not telling them it's wrong. They're telling them all sorts of things. And they're also telling them to keep a secret, which brings me to another point, which is about the difference between surprises and secrets. Mm. I would try to take secrets out of your child's language. Secrets are things that, you know, we don't really tell. And where surprises are things that are going to be told. They're happy and they're going to be told. But, you know, what we find is the perpetrator might say, oh, look, I'm going to give you these sweets, but don't tell your parents it's our little secret. Just to test them out to see whether a child can keep the secret. But if your family is a family that doesn't keep those kinds of secrets that make them feel bad and uncomfortable, then um, they'll say, well, no, I don't keep secrets like that and I'm going to tell my mum. There's so many great points in all of that, Janine. Um, I will direct people to your books, but um, thank you so much for speaking with us today. All right. Thank you so much. That's Janine Sanders. She's an author, primary school teacher and mum of three. For more on her books and how you can talk to your kids about body safety, consent and respectful relationships, you can head to our website, kindling.com.au. It's nice to have a little bit of help sometimes to get through some potentially awkward conversations. Hey there, do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. (laughs) 